Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the final episode. So sad, but so happy we are getting season two of Interview with the Vampire. The thing lays still written by Rowland Jones and Ben Phillip, directed by Alexis Ostrander. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. It was very well written. There were a few laugh out loud moments for all of the the very cruel and brutish things going on to find humor in the darkness i think takes a very skilled hand and i thought the chess game being played out that we saw literally last episode and then we see playing out realistically between louis or not louis lestat and claudia for the exact same stakes i thought was very nicely and well done well executed i do like daniel in the future being an audience voice in a way being the person that's challenging the story that's being told and thus we should the audience (laughs) Or at least that's what I'm thinking they're trying to uh, to put into the dialogue. What is the actual truth behind the actions that have taken place? And what does it say about where Louis is in the future? We did get some commentary and the feedback from last episode. Uh, that I want to address on the top half because I thought it was really good, uh, well-written commentary by Elliot Alderson on YouTube. I'm not going to read everything only because I'm not sure if you want it all read. <laughs> but I thought that the points that was brought up about me calling in episode six Uh, the interaction that occurred between Louis and Lestat as a fight as very much not a fight, but an actual domestic interaction. And that's completely accurate. On second watch, I completely got that, which certainly influenced my commentary on episode six afterwards. It must have been episode five. Because correctly that was not an incident in which two people are having a mutual disagreement and going back and forth and I think even in the commentary I was like I'm kind of not sure why they showed uh the way in which we couldn't see inside of the room and there was bits of dialogue that was going in and out and as uh you pointed out that was from Claudia's perspective and I did not get that on the first watch at all so I thought that uh, pointing out the very clear differences of why that was not a fight was uh, something I wanted to highlight, as well as a little bit of commentary on Lestat, because I know I've been very much more analytical on Louise's part, because this is Louise's story right now at this point and because I don't know exactly how they're going to try to change I know you discussed very much uh 
how in the book that feeding on another vampire without their permission is a big no-no. I readily admit I do not remember every detail. I know the broad strokes of the stories in the book. Uh, I think I read them in eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade. But I remember the vampire Lestat a lot more than Interview with the Vampire. However, those little details will go over my head, but I'm glad when they're pointed out to me because that definitely recontextualized how violating Lestat's assault really was. But back to my original point, I think seeing the story through the lens of Louis and his journey is far more of the, I would say the pinpoint right now of where we picked up in the story of Lestat. And thus, I feel where we got Lestat at the beginning of the season is the person that was always who he in his essence was, if that makes any type of sense. I always felt flaws and all rather, and we will get to some other points that I wanted to make about the Lestat character. I'm not going to discuss them all uh, at the top of the episode, but there is something about his introduction in the show, not the book from what I understand, but that's another thing is that I've tried to, just because the show has also Meadow said so, devoid myself of the book just a little bit because of the way in which they are retelling the story. They are adding bits and elements that are different. That is essentially the story that is Interview with the Vampire, but with a lot more complexity and layers to deal with in addition to what was going on in the book, i.e. the racial aspect, i.e. the age, i.e. being a black man in New Orleans and also being gay. There's a lot that's going on here that makes, I felt like the book was more about the story of good and evil, (laughs) you know, um, not not necessary. I'm not saying just <laughs> that sounded so cookie cutter, but at, at the the center of it, it was about a balance. And I feel like the show thus far, it's been more about an exploration into the darkness that is tantalizing, but also a cautionary tale because you don't want to be consumed by said darkness. I feel like there's a lot of different. And because of the different bits of commentaries to be added, it is uh, diving into to much more, just much more layered dialogue, especially about people in power. Because there is certainly a huge part of that. And what it's, what one does with that, severe amount of and I I, it's just a topic that's maybe I'm seeing because it's relevant to me right now that I find interesting as I study a lot of people in history right now it feels as if even the best of people still have these very dark 
humanistic and almost contradictory flaws about them. And it's really hard to reconcile. And so seeing things play out and, and see more characterizations where you have to accept that as a certain reality that people are and can be both incredibly great and incredibly uh, villainous. <laughs> and what is that? What does that mean? How does that shape your, your conception of the world and of those people in general? I don't know. It's a fascinating, it seems like philosophical or psychological, one or the other types of things I'm, I'm personally linking on. I'm not sure, sure if the show is wanting me to do so. So I will put that on myself. But additionally, I am with you. Louis is a very beloved character, Elliot Alderson. And I do find his struggle which isn't quite the religious struggle that I recall, if I'm recalling correctly from the book that he's having, and it's a moralistic one. And I find that to be far more, uh, far more interesting about him than the portrayal that we got in Interview with the Vampire. Like, I'm going to say it right now, hands down, I liked Interview with the Vampire. I'm not going to take that away from those actors, but... Sam Reed and Jacob Anderson are Lestat and Louis. Like, I can't see anyone else playing those characters. These are the characters that were needed in the movie. And while I was not even aware of the controversy, controversy of Tom Cruise being cast in the, in the movie, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I just went in with, Oh, he did a good enough job, but certainly seeing someone do it better <laughs> in justice, it's like, okay, yeah, no, I can see why some would be up in arms like Tom Cruise could never deliver it. And I think my expectation wasn't wasn't particularly <laughs> in any direction when I saw the movie because I was, I'm pretty sure, a teenager still. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So yeah, I know you were a massive fan of the Brad Pitt version, but seriously, Jacob Anderson is is just all types of what this character in this time, being who he is and where he is from needs to be because he feels from the moment he's been born, his whole story is that being pulled in so many different directions having so many hats. And I think the pool that he has to Lestat is Lestat puts him first. Let's not continue on <laughs> this rant before we even jump on into the recap, because we do have quite a bit of notes. Whoever listened to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have any more episodes to discuss, but we will have plenty of more shows coming in 2023. So you can send feedback for any of the shows that I do at blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment 
below. They started off with Beethoven's Fair Elise, and I love that song. I said that like that's my jam at the club. <laughs> but the Midnight Midnight Sonata, is that the correct? Moonlight, Moonlight Sonata. There we go. I like that the best. At breakfast, Daniel is uh, watching Rashid get his breakfast for get his breakfast for uh, Louis. He makes no mention of his recall sitting across this fine ass motherfucker. Damn. You got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. They cannot keep assaulting me with their swag like this. He is entirely too delectable in that black. It's just so simple with him. I love the two different Louise we get to the the man in the past and the one in the future. The one in the future feels fragile. And I am not sure <laughs> about this fragility going forward into the future, knowing the trajectory that I know of the coming events. Last episode, it was Lestat jumping out that car and this week it was louis and that black looking slightly smug as daniel seems to forget that he can read minds did he all of a sudden think that he was what's the what's the what's the metal mutant (laughs) magneto did he i mean he's just over there staring at rashid with clear clear distraction and you don't think that's going to get his attention? Then again, why wouldn't Rashid know exactly what was up? I don't know. There's something going on and they haven't explained it. And I still, I'm confuddled. I'm a little confuddled. But back to, back to Louis's story. Can an immortal meet mortality? Louis says yes, first by starvation or drinking the blood of the dead, which he told him the night he was reborn. Fire and decapitation, something Lestat told him in a drunken (laughs) stupor. Lestat has lost all pretense in persuasion in the past to keep Louis and Claudia from abandoning him. It's around the 1940s, 1950s. He got them on a regiment. Y'all gonna sleep when I sleep, hunt when I hunt, do what I do, like what I like, and you better find some contentment in it. (laughs) He is, he's not well. I did at this point have a question that I asked myself after seven episodes. Does Louis love Lestat and vice versa? Because I think in the movie and in the book, there are a lot of differences. Do not ask me to point them all out. I do know the Claudia difference that it was Lestat that brought Claudia to present to Louis who's gonna finally do some evil so he's gonna kill a kid but then he couldn't or something to that effect but I know that Louis very clearly never loved Lestat like Lestat loved Louis at least that was our inclination from interview with the vampire I think the fact that they continue to bring up 
Louis being an unreliable narrator is a good through line. And I think the difference in morality versus the religiality of Louis's conundrum is that it makes him a little bit more in the TV show an active participant and not such a bystander. So he's not pouting quite as much. (laughs) He came off a little whiny in the books, if we're being honest. And there was a lot of pouting going on and the Brad Pitt characterization. Whereas it feels with Louis, there's a very restrained amount of emotion that it would take someone a lot of patience, like Rashid, (laughs) to apparently calm the fuck down. Because he is, he's seething with a lot of really unprocessed baggage despite his and maybe this is him trying to process his baggage but like I said previously the question that came to mind was how would one define their relationship as not well because that's a different question right how would you define the relationship as love versus does Louis love Lestat as much as Lestat loves Louis? And I think in the show, they're saying yes. That's a, It's a definitive, fucked up, flawed, but yes. I think Louis loves Lestat despite and in spite of his flaws, being the empathetic soul that he is, and like any battered wife, has become content with the best of Versus what they deserve from that person. And thus it is toxic. Especially as he is now in the past restricting their movements. I chuckle but. This, this, this is not okay. One could say the mask has fully slipped with Lestat. In many degrees. But in a lot of other ways I feel like Lestat has always vocalized his hedonism and his nihilism and it was almost as if i mean and then they have so they they both seen it in person but he's let off the restraints to that and i think i equated it later in my notes that lestat is in a very manic state and it's not an excuse (laughs) for his current actions, but it certainly is the mind frame in which he is currently in. I think there's going to be a lot of themes to pay attention to in the coming season, hopefully seasons of this show in regards to these vampires as I correlated in the books. And I'm really interested in seeing how the vampires themselves begin to realize that but yeah he's got his own deeply warped sense of trauma i think louis even with his love of claudia louis still sees lestat as the only person that saw him and his love or that love can't be undone no matter how much it cannot thrive But Louis is almost 
Like it's almost enough for him. Like he can allow himself to be satisfied with that. But that's because this is a black man that has grown up in a society that's always told him he can only have as much as he can't, he can only have only so much. That's what I should say better. You know, he's had to suppress all of his emotions, all of his feelings, and he's continuing to do so. I mean, there are moments I want Louis to get up in Lestat's face, but I also know that there's moments in which Louis is afraid to ask the questions that will, like, I don't, I'm going back and forth because I'm not having a clear train of thought right now, (laughs) but like the way Louis uses Claudia as his mouthpiece to ask questions of Lestat, like, what is that that he feels he can't ask those questions? Because some of these Lestat lies are lies of omission. Like, oh, I didn't know your last, uh, your middle name. Well, you never asked me my middle name. So why should I just volunteer that I have a middle name? It's kind of like the same way. <laughs> like, you never asked me if I could fly. <laughs> so why would I volunteer that information? It's the same thing with reading minds. It's like, uh, yeah, only when you need that was going to be beneficial to you clearly uh did i feel the need to reveal that actually when it wasn't even of use to me anymore is more clearly what that was about that you could know all about the secret power so so yeah that's my thought on louis i think that he is just too precious for this world and just like daniel said you know (laughs) <laughs> what do you say you need some EDM, EDMR <laughs> it's like you are in love with a with someone who is absolutely no good for you but you still want them and you still hope that they can be Lestat loves Louis in spite of and despite knowing damn well eventually he would leave him I think it's it's like knowing that someone's too good for you, but you still want them and being the narcissist that he is. I think since the beginning, he's been obsessively manipulating the avoidance of that outcome, the indulgence in the relationship, the full romanticism that he brought to offset. Like, I think if he thought I could love you enough with all of the pampering and materialistic things that came in the in the words and the music and and that connection between us that that would be enough that that would offset the other the true side of my nature which is monstrous and that is where you have the indulging of you know having the business uh of tr- giving into a really a lot of what Louis <laughs> wanted and desired despite his own uh his own desire not to be even entertained by these these thoughts but it was like okay I'll allow you to learn things your way I, I think that he gave he did give a lot and I think it would be very easy to say and mark Lestat paint him anyway with only one brush because that's easier that's easier to understand but that's the draw to these relationships is that they are they do truly 
make you feel as if you are the only one. And that is the way in which they show their love, but it doesn't <laughs> negate the other characteristics that are very, um, I, I keep using the word toxic, but I need another synonym for that word, but that's exactly what it is. It's all of those things that become absolutely a cauldron of disaster. Uh, I think Louis said it himself. It's fucked up. Like, this is the way you get my, until you write me a love <laughs> with your lover's voice in it. What the shit is wrong with you? Uh, Lestat's story isn't told. And thus right now we've been dealing with the, just the hedonistic aftermath of the shell of the human he once was. And I feel like the reveal of that isn't quite as shocking or needing of <laughs> more analysis as it feels as if it's been unfolding at a, at a, uh, at a pace that feels appropriate for the events that were going on in the relationship. Uh, so I said in my notes, I suppose that's my, <laughs> my lack of intense divesting of Lestat's immorality and behavior because he's just been consistent. And I guess that's why you would have Claudia dismissive or, or suspicious of anything he says to be taken as truth because you unfortunately have, have, uh, con have always utilized emotion for your own benefit. So how can I trust? And I think last episode I was giving Claudia a little bit of a side eye only because though I know... <laughs> But the show could change it, but eh. <laughs> I know that that's correct. But certainly the character being like, yeah, no, you have consistently shown you're a liar. You're not really changed. And he hasn't changed. So why should I take now what you say as truth, even, even that? Because that feels like it would fit too perfectly <laughs> for me to even give you that much credit for it. But Claudia is petty and I love it. That's my thoughts on it. You know, it is a screwed up, unhealthy kind of love that Lestat offers. But it is his version of that emotion crystallized in a broken concept of the idea at inception, in my opinion. And it certainly does not make him any less the villain in the events that unfold. But it does allow me to empathize with someone I wouldn't want to go near. Or if I did, like Louis, kind of understand it was at my own peril. I'm also not of the mindset that one person can wholly be responsible for the toxicity in a relationship. As stated in prior podcasts, Louis certainly wasn't a lame victim who didn't know how to dig knives into Louis if he wanted to. You saw him look right at the man prior to taking Jonah in the woods to take and not even receive. He gave me face. You didn't give him nothing in return, just a drive in the car. Feel bad for you, Louis. There are moments in which Louis enjoys poking the bear. The question is, if someone is unable to change then do you continue to hope for that 
given time and immortality? Or is that impossible? And is that a question that the show is even trying to play with? Louis, as I mentioned previously, I feel like I've said that 20 times already. Drink, drink every time I said it. (laughs) That's how many shots you're owed tonight. He is a little out of his mind. Sitting in the family home, watching, making them watch him torture people creatively and with flair. I did it my way. You can see behind his eyes, which Sam Reed does to perfection, this little bit of detachment, right? Like the whatever there is that connects him to the human emotion, it is absolutely, as I mentioned earlier, this cauldron of just tar. <laughs> and once it's open, the only thing that can emit itself is rage. Another man shows up to leave a note. He brings him in and he's like, look, people call you the devil, but I don't think you're devil. I think you're angels. And I was like, that's the wrong thing to say because he viciously, viciously bit that man in the neck before licking him in the eyes to let him know that he was the devil. I am a god, you dull creature. He then spits out his cancerous blood and is offended by the plea for help. He tells them it's time to leave because soon letters and dolls will become pitchforks. And the way he sailed up those steps and said, clean this up and come to coffin. We have to make plans. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, it's almost like you're living in a, a constructed reality in which nothing really truly matters except one's own desire to feel the void. Daniel is so done with putting Claudia on a pedestal in the future as Louis talks about how she's making all the plans. Yes, yes, she was a gangster, got it, but then gets caught up in watching and catching eyes once again with Rashid. Once again, Daniel challenging, challenging Louis and his perception of things. And I like that because we ourselves, when we're looking back at an event or something, we have a certain idea of that. Like, oh man, I hated when we were in the classroom that one time and it snowed outside and we were stuck there for like 14 hours. This is a stupid story, but go with it. And you were like, yeah, I fucking hated that day. And someone else that was in that classroom with you is like, are you kidding me? That was the best day in my life because they recalled the time they spent playing the games and how they uh, they all came together. Like their their recall of that moment is focusing not on the fact that it was code and there was no internet and so on and so forth. Their perception of the event is it was so cool because we got to light fires and we got to do s'mores and we told scary stories. 
And once again, this analogy sucks, but you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, on the train car, a train car, I need to go to San Francisco. Claudia admits she has a plan and that is to use Louis as bait to distract Lestat because for all the utter chaos, heartbreak and rotten things between them, Alone for 10 minutes and their hearts are synchronized. He winks at him and he can't help it. He cannot help but melt. I know the feeling. It's at once beautiful and as stated previously, tragic. As he'll forever love someone that cannot love him the same way he desires to be loved, which is wholeheartedly and selfishly. And I am talking about Lestat right now. Uh, And then... (laughs) You have Louis, who can simply bask in, bask in the the awesome personal personality. You can tell I've been drinking. That is, <laughs> that is Lestat, because he owns his truth, and there's something so admirable about that, especially if you're a man that grew up and went through life hiding your truth. So Claudia is going to allow these feelings to 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 simmer between the two. And she says that I will leave a shelf for you to to pull you back out because Louis immediately is like, I can't. I will fall back in. She's like, I got you. I'm your lifeline. At Christmas, Louis considers Greece as somewhere to locate as the birthplace of civilization. And also those who should be kept. What the hell did you just say? He said nothing very quickly. They're dropping all types of hints in this one. Claudia comes down. And oh the way he bristles the minute she is in the room. The resentment resentment between them is real as she calls him Uncle Les. And offers peace. Offering to play a French song with him as she hates Bach. She's like, oh, mongrel like me. She loves putting her blackness in his face. (laughs) But that's what they hate so much about him. People who truly hate each other at this level are more alike than they would ever admit. Ever admit. Claudia is very delightfully bitchy. She's also just as hedonistic on a much more immature level than Lestat is. I ain't forgot about that half-eaten meal she had in her cupboard <laughs> and the body parts. All of that. Ooh, ooh, chill, chill, baby. Ooh, whole gang full of drug addicts. Ooh. If Lestat did have a daughter as the brat prince, she certainly would live up to being the bratty princess. She offers the idea of throwing a fuck you party to the town instead of scouring away like rats running to one's hole, playing to his ego and grandiose sense of drama. Against his better caution, but pleased that even the hint of reconciliation, there was a little uh, thing that Sam redid with his eyes in that moment. It's also rather pitiful. But at the theater, he chooses to in- to indulge the idea of a gluttonous feast it was a movie theater too on those that deserve it the most 
it is a perfectly conceived trap because it plays to both of their because this feels like a offer of reconciliation if it is actually true right i do this for you because you like to have that sense of uh justice but then i get the benefit of starving ourselves for a few days and we get this huge feast and the feeling that's going to come with that and there's a lot of satisfaction in the idea and then i get to be king that man told them to shush and her look said you better not shush me again <laughs> and then he shushed them again so lestat had that man slapping himself i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i don't i don't, I don't give a fuck bitch i don't even claudia laughed at that they was watching the nazi film <laughs> he's like uh at least their uniforms are it's like fuck their ideology but their uniforms look nice claudia knows and wants lestat to be suspicious when louis wonders if her pushing for the party is going to give them away she says the party's going to be fit for a king it feels like he knows claudia is playing to his ego but more importantly i think the need to impress louis is playing in there as well like he knows that they're playing chess but he's considering if he should play the game now i know there are those that make the complaint and i can't say i i uh can't understand why the complaint is made when someone walks into a trap that everyone and their mama can see is the trap like you gotta know that's a trap but here's the thing some traps you have to that people walk into it's not because they don't know it's a trap or they're stupid is that they think that they're smarter than the person that is trying to ensnare them. In this case, Louis, against his better judgment, uh, thinks that he can outsmart his opponent. And he has to hope that he's right. And he knows he's taking the chance that he's wrong. That doesn't make them stupid. It just means that they're arrogant enough to believe that they are smarter than. And, Believe it or not, sometimes that works. It wins. It wins wars. It wins companies. That is what risk is. And if you're always going to walk the side of caution, well, then you might not get any reward. And his reward in this moment was getting rid of the obstacle between them by playing the the chess game with claudia knowing her intention and her end game but thinking that he can he can turn the tide in his favor they go to see anderson he's not even necessarily wrong they go to see anderson who wants to know why her two-tone daddies why are you gay who says i'm gay you are gay another great line anderson was a standout this episode i don't know <laughs> why he was made the comedic factor but he certainly was it's like why does your two-tone daddies look the same as they did in 1910 and also you can't just tell me you want to be the raj of mardi gras january <laughs> 
It's like he wants to be Raj, or maybe it was Louis or Lestat that said it. I want to be Raj. And he's like, him? And you see Claudia hone in on her target as she knows Lestat will not abide a slight. And the minute he took a drag of that cigarette, she knew Lestat was going to drain that man. Louis says it was a magical month in which Louis began to fall in love once again to Claudia's dismay as they planned a new beginning. And there is optimism in Lestat's nature because he thinks, okay, yes, this is the new beginning. I'm me and my two, <laughs> my two loves are going to get on a boat and make a new beginning somewhere without Claudia because he never wanted Claudia. That being rejected by your creator certainly would cause the the immense amount of hatred one would feel, especially when it could have been differently. Lestat gets to do what he enjoys best, which is planning this lavish occasion dedicated to himself and their appetites. No one ever asked Lestat in the show, where does all this money come from? There is a moment where Lestat looks at the tickets like, just go. Or it also could have been, uh, after after this, after this night, we can be free. The seduce seduces the seducer. Daniel concludes as he is given photos of those selected for their feast that night, I guess. But he is distracted by the fact that Rashid seems to be a vampire, but also able to stand in the sun. Back in New Orleans, they starved themselves for the planned hunger, leading to the, I don't know what he said. It sounded great when he said it. <laughs> Maybe I was distracted by the fact that he grabbed Louis' butt. With Claudia purchasing arsenic and laudanum to kill, well, most likely subdue, then uh, kill Lestat. Bring him to the brink of death without actually killing him. Unless they burn him, I suppose. Anderson's face when the stot bit into the baby when he came out on that float. Lestat did come out like, y'all gonna remember my name. <laughs> Was he making fun of Louis for him almost eating his nephew? <laughs> They were able to get the committee, so on and so forth, to get this all done because they got a boat from Anderson that Anderson lost or something to that effect. But I feel as if Louis inherited all of this money since he had to be the beneficiary on all of Lestat's accounts. And with that American Express he whipped out in the 80s last episode, he definitely was at the top of the, the food chain. Now he's up in Dubai. Bruh got money. Louis and Claudia pick people who deserve what they get, and Louis is assaulted by a group of women. He recalls him passing <laughs> and asks if the widow that he listened to at the lecture, if her husband <laughs> died by talking himself to the grave. Dear God, what is it like in your funny little brains? It must be so boring. He is then offered two eager fresh pieces of meat named Mark and Matthew, whose mother planted greenery 
in the garden that impresses enough to be worthy of a meal, I suppose. <laughs> Claudia's disgust as she took off her pens. Like, you definitely prefer boys, I can see. Louis, meanwhile, watched Lestat suck up all his admiration with hatred and a wild sense of possessive triumph. You know, he's mine, especially when Lestat gave him that look. He said the fasting was a mistake. I was not thinking clearly. I literally got that nigga dick in your mouth right now. I see it. Louis hears Antoinette say you poor dog and thinks it's Claudia. Seeing as he isn't thinking clearly because he must be hungry. But then he hears someone say, I see you, Lestat. And that was, in fact, Tom Anderson whispering over to him. <laughs> this man he knew longer than Louis. He kind of looks younger too, though, right? Who informs him the man that built this place built the U.S. Capitol and the dome carries the sound. But him hearing over the ban must be something to do with that fag, pederast, satanic trio you got in your pocket. Hell of a party! We're hot. Guess what? You're not. You are dead, dead, dead. Here's my thing. If you know someone might be part of a satanic <laughs> pack with the devil, would you really think it's a good idea to just... He was drunk, but damn. I'm surprised he didn't kill Tom a while ago when he killed the alderman. Maybe because Tom never talked that shit. <laughs> Tom may have played the game but he never played it dirty he was like hey it really was just business ain't personal but it is personal when you say it like that because you show as hell got your uh got your question do you want another secret to immortality he said never get married best line of the episode <laughs> there's never in the world been more appropriate a joke a pun to explain in that moment louis current dilemma louis finds lestat on the balcony sands the wig and even after all this time he still lights louis cigarettes and i couldn't help but take note and melt a little bit about it he admits he is going to miss this place as he did fall in love with it but with Louis himself, he got away with them words, though. He is a, a romantic, as I stated earlier. I think that just because you can be one thing doesn't mean you can't be another thing. <laughs> I know it is a hard thing to, to to put your wrap your mind around because it shouldn't be. How can you possibly? But I feel as if we are a multitude of contradic contradictions rather we want to admit to that or not and at heart i do think there's a fragility to to uh lestat but that fragility has led to him never truly being able to uh expose himself in a manner that doesn't that doesn't involve all of the things that are not 
great when you're trying to engage in a relationship. <laughs> Louis gets glimpses of that. And that's what all oh, those crumbs. They're so tantalizing. Both men know they are heading towards a precipice with the night changing everything for better or for worse. So when Lestat offers one last dance before the feast, Louis jumps at the chance to do so. The dance, however, outed Louis as just as deeply smitten as the day Louis introduced himself or Lestat introduced himself into his life. I wanted to be the man. I wanted to kill the man. It's all kind of gone full circle as once again, he is seduced and likely been being seduced this entire time. His chess game has been with Claudia. Louis has always been the prize. Claudia wakes him up. Matthew and Mark weren't really twins, right? I just realized that. That's kind of gross. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why Anderson burst out laughing. Maybe after all this, these years. Oh, I knew it. Or maybe he just really did get a kick out of them shocking everybody by kissing on them in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> Dropping all pretense. They invite everyone back to their home and tell them a fake story about the waters that are the fountain of youth as they all reveal their age. Claudia is 31. Uh, Louis, 61, and Lestat, 180 years this November. <laughs> I'm glad we have the same birth month, and it makes all of the sense he would be a Scorpio. She's a maniac, maniac on the floor. Tom was hilarious. He said, give me that ladder. Your bucket got a hole in it. It's empty. <laughs> Thomas the first to get it because Lestat already had him at the top of his list. Everyone is killed. I think that Claudia killed all of the others. I don't think that Louis killed anyone. Even though he did have blood on him. I don't know. Maybe he did indulge. And the two players finally show their hands when they present the one twin to Lestat, the one he really wanted. Louis reveals Antoinette had been following Claudia and Claudia said, yeah, I know. And thus picked her target accordingly as Uncle Les is never one to let petty slights go as Lestat kills over. Antoinette is finally murdered with Claudia having stomped her face in and stabbed her with a fireplace poker. Louis takes out a knife and slits Lestat's throat. After he tells him there is an invisible cord between them that is real. And I think that's the part that he can't, he can't shake. Despite everything that continues to unfold, the thing that feels the most real is this connection and his, and his love for Claudia. But upon seeing Louis resolved, he admits he's happy it was him with him in the end as he did love him with all of himself. And I think he's telling the truth, at least his version of the truth when he says that. Pettily, 
Claudia dips her pen in her diary to record the last words of Lestat, which were to ask Louis to put him in his coffin. Uh, put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Cause I was like, mm, that's not what they did. And it's odd that Louis wouldn't, wouldn't at least, <laughs> you know, give one's last wishes as she walked out of the room, confident, happy, says, make your peace, say your goodbye. She's so, she, she hates him. She thoroughly despises everything that he is. And I, I understand that because the, the feeling seems to be very much mutual. <laughs> All this while, he took the opportunity to kill her as she presented to, uh, the opportunity to kill him. It was never, <laughs> it was never a debate about the feelings between these two, which is why when Louis continued on with the story, I was very much Daniel. They burned the bodies and the evidence, all except Lestat, whom both looked at with a reluctance, which I would expect from Louis, but not Claudia, about burning Louis's body. She said it was due to the fact that she's killed so many humans, but finds it unworthy to burn their kind. But Louis said we expected him to disappear in a puff of smoke or back be swallowed up to hell <laughs> and their conclusion was to dump the body in the trash wrapped in a rug <clears throat> bullshit all of that when it was stated even as it was playing out felt very off they get away on the ship they bought from anderson and off they go to the adventure of their lives is how he wants to conclude that part of the story which clearly is not the truth but you just asked this man to burn the previous tapes and that this is your narration this is your truth and you're lying daniel knows there are pages that are missing he knows that they were taken out deliberately not torn out and that claudia clearly hated him for a while and the tale doesn't seem to end happily ever after rashi tries to intervene I had a different perspective about the look that Rashid gave Daniel last episode because I have so many questions about why this is happening at the current time that it's happening and why would Rashid be setting be setting him up to like if they're if he's planning this suicide mission, which why would you be planning a suicide mission? Like this all is leading up to something. There's a reason why they want Daniel here. And it has something to do with what happened in San Francisco all those years ago. And I do think that this is, I think Daniel called him out perfectly at the end about why he is here and why he's telling this tale. And it's not, not for the reasons that, um, that Louis is trying to sell him on. And I would expect that that Claudia would give two fucks about burning, <laughs> burning uh, Lestat. Like he said, she dipped her pen in his neck wound. She is psychologically fucked up just as much as her master. And that's why he doesn't allow for her to be put on a pedestal. It's like, uh, yes, Claudia is just as likable as your lover, <laughs> but she's also just as problematic. Louis forbids Claudia 
in the flashback we learn from burning his body and instead they put him in the coffin not the carpet and where does the trash go but to the dump where there are plenty of plump rats the size of what do you say (laughs) huge fucking rats that's all you need to know he made an analogy can't make i can't remember what it was to feast on when he was married to his first wife when he lived up in that part of town so a quick glimpse shows Lestat doing just that Rashid once again tries to shut down the session but Daniel isn't having it saying how many days are in the Islamic calendar how is it that he can drain a man that is twice your size and he pass out but he drains you and you barely even stumble away what the fuck is going on also I believe that you brought me here to be your lily you're still the same person telling your story here to listen to your tales of woe but the simple fact of it is you chose Lestat again and again over Claudia Rashid says he only knows half the story and he will regret these harsh criticisms but Daniel thinks it's San Francisco all over again even though uh Louis finding some center imbalance when he put his feet in the sand by his happy tree <laughs> says not quite the same uh something Daniel says that is interesting is that I'm not you know I'm washed up my kids don't talk to me And that's where I was getting to with Rashid last episode when I was thinking, oh, he was surprised that he didn't want the gift, that he would reject it. I thought, oh, that was just like a a character moment. But then I'm thinking, holy shit, is he being vetted for the gift? And that's why he was surprised. Like, oh, he really wouldn't accept the gift. And how does that change things based on what I already know? And now I'm like zoomed in on this storyline in the future because I'm very curious to see where this goes. Rashid started taking off them contacts. starts floating and reveals himself to be a 514 year old vampire named Armand note that he is older than Lestat the more a vampire ages the more powerful they become so when he saw him standing out in the sun that's just to let you know that the sun is not a weapon against him the older you become so something to look forward to what gave it away for me in the show, in the context of the show, was episode two when Daniel was looking at that portrait and I made no mention of it because I was like, okay, maybe they did to make a change and it's Rashid. But then when he came in, he said, uh, yeah, that portrait was owned by Marius. I was like, oh, no, uh-uh. that's uh, Armand's maker. That's totally Armand. <laughs> Marius was a pedophile in the book, wasn't he? Someone was a pedophile like in the boys. I thought it was Marius. I could be wrong. <laughs> So I'm going to have to correct me on that. <laughs> oh. 
he shows him where part two of the series, season two, is going to be set. Theater de Vampires. Vampires in Paris. And Louis points out memory is a monster, as you stated, and that Rashid keeps him from losing control, as he did in San Francisco. As Rashid said, he saved Daniel's life, something Daniel doesn't seem to recall. My favorite part is when he held hands with Armand and <laughs> and said with very confident uh, declaration, this is Armand, the love of my life. Daniel's expression was goad. You serious? Tell me more. I'm not saying that there is not a possible love. There is not an existing love. When you say possible, there's not an existing love between Armand and Louis. But it certainly seems to come with a sort of dependency that we are starting to see as a trend for Louis. Just something to put up to put a mark in put a mark in i'm not going to expand on it because i don't i want to see more i need to see more but it very much feels as if rashid is a caretaker <laughs> and we've seen that and to be the like it, it I'm, I'm already seeing the parallels and while i'm sure with armand there isn't that that very dark side that's probably much healthier for Louis that Lestat brought to his life. I am seeing a trend, <laughs> you know, an older vampire. They're kind of hiding their, their their full potential uh, for your benefit. Uh, there's a dependency in regards to his emotions that I don't feel necessarily great about quite yet. Uh, the fact that you're even being you know nobody you know you don't need is that just though because one one could argue well that's just a spousal thing if you make breakfast for your for your significant other and you're in a room with them and but then there was that moment where it's like sometimes when she likes to give their opinion and it's not wanted or why are you still here <laughs> there's been a few moments where <laughs> we has made statements where he is either trying to keep him and Daniel I don't know something's going on there and I need to know that's I guess that's in the question section that I have I am calling full bullshit with Daniel on the whole uh even if this is the love of your life it certainly is the second love of your life <laughs> because your your feelings for the thing of it is when you're really out of it with a narcissist it's indifference it's not like that's the biggest weapon you have against them is indifference is to finally have them no longer affect you. Otherwise you're still in that cycle with them. And the fact that Louis is still affected means that he has not processed or settled anything in regard to, even if it's just bringing up these emotions, once again, you still, I mean, I, I get that part, but it doesn't, even feel like these things that are brought up these things that don't even seem to have 
even been contextualized more so than the words in which you are saying them right now. You've not picked apart these things and fully put them up to a microscope. And I think you do it. A confrontation is needed. Maybe there is going to be one next season with Louis and clearly things in terrible. Clearly Claudia is not around. Clearly <laughs> something happens. Uh, uh, I know what these events are most likely going to go down in some certain way. Uh, they could change a lot of things. Uh, I would be content if they did. Yet I would not be upset if they kept things the same. But I do think that everything that led up to it automatically means that some things are going to change. So I think that whatever's happening with Daniel, it seems to be, maybe it is, maybe this is something because there's a way in which Louis looks at Daniel looking at Rashid. And that's why I keep going back to this reading minds thing. Like, why would you show that? So, uh, so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Transparently, but not expect us in the audience to be thinking about that concept. And he doesn't question him. Like he knows what he's going to ask beforehand. So what is his true purpose here? If it really isn't just to write this book? Yes, yeah, certainly it may lead Louis down to a fate that he feels he needs or whatever this, I don't know where Louis is at right now, but he doesn't feel <laughs> in a resolved place. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm more interested in seeing because I kind of feel like I know a little bit more about where the whole Louis situation is going to go and the struggle of that. But I'm more drawn to the the variables that I don't know about the Daniel Louis current and Rush, well, Armand story arc that is unfolding what's going on at the farm why do we need to prepare people these are all things that were subtly brought up but were never addressed i do know that they are because they showed a, a a trailer for the mayfair witches that looks okay uh <laughs> i didn't read that book so i'm not aware of anything to do with that but I, I probably will check it out if they're going to try to create some type of consistent world like they do the CW universe. I think that'd be pretty cool. And it's been a while since vampires has been a thing that's interesting. And this show is just phenomenal. It really is. It should be getting way more buzz. I saw it was like 7.1. I was like, who the fuck rated this shit? probably stupid ass people that looked at the movie and thought this was going to be the movie <laughs> and then didn't read the book because you know how people don't love to read and somehow think that they messed it up and then the the change in race you know it's just always those typical people that always shit on something that they don't even like it be coming from a place of pure and absolute utter ignorance and yet these are the ratings that imdb <laughs> accepts which is why I'm tossing them aside because this show is certainly a very high 9.8 out of 10 consistently through. I have talked enough. We do have feedback. 
Let's hop into it. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. Uh, I'm giving feedback for the finale and a little bit of the episode uh, six for Interview with the Vampire. Um, it took me a while to be able to watch this because I was actually watching my nephew so my sister can cook because I didn't feel like cooking. So I thought I'd take the lesser two evils. <laughs> so I watched it and then I had to like pause and then go back and watch it and then go back and watch it. So that's why this is late but I did get it all watched and um I completely like in my mind like I was listening to I was working a lot and I was listening to your podcast for the the last few episodes and I think I was talking to myself and in my mind I'm thinking I'm recording but it had been snowing and um usually when I like drive to work um, is when I would do it, but the weather hadn't been good enough that I felt comfortable doing that. And then, um, like I, when I would wake up, I, I couldn't sleep in between my work shift just because I was just ready to be done with this place. Um, so I would start cleaning up the, like a temporary apartment that I had so that I could like get out earlier. So I had all these things that I thought I was doing and, and recording, thinking about it, but I, but I clearly never hit record and send so yeah <laughs> but the one thing I wanted to talk about was um and I don't know if you brought this up but I was talking about Lestat and that um woman I can't remember her name she was so insignificant to me that I don't even care even though she showed up in the finale um I I know her name isn't Grace but that's what I keep wanting to call her Antoinette that was her name um it wasn't that he was he wasn't supposed to be with her not because they were in an open relationship because he told louis that he was gonna break up with her like to me if you're in an open relationship that means there's no like you don't lie about it if you you're like if you don't want to be like no like we're in an open relationship i'm gonna stay with her don't tell somebody that you're you're done with them or you broke up with them or you are only with them to make them upset oh i'm done with that person and then you you continue to have a decades long relationship with them that's what i was talking about whether lestat loved uh, antoinette or not that's not the point he lied about it and i feel like in and i think we interpreted louis's response differently louis didn't say anything and i felt like he said he didn't say anything for the reason is because he that's what lestat wanted him to react to it so that's why he didn't react even when he they went back and they saw that he was you know that he didn't even kill her like he said he would like louis was like he wants me to be upset about it he wants me to react um so he did and he just looked at him and i knew immediately when claudia said you get two loves and i don't get any she was being petty as fuck she be petty all the time she was petty in the finale she was petty in the episode before she was just constantly petty she was super petty all of the time um and I feel like that was all the only thing she had against Lestat was her pettiness. <laughs> her like dipping her pen in his blood, petty and unnecessary. But she did it. That's I mean, Lestat's petty, too. I think they just petty together. <laughs> um, But yeah, I just I, I felt 
upset about it because just his sheer caudacity. It's like you literally told like get mad when he's with someone else. But you don't like you you continue to have this relationship over and over and over again through the years. It's it's ridiculous. And I would be mad as hell if I was Antoinette and he turned me into a vampire after I was already old. Did you see her crow's feet? Like, motherfucker, you should have turned me when I was in my prime. You should have turned me after you cut my finger off so it would have grown back. Like, what the fuck? Dude, she's so damn stupid. He don't love you. <laughs> how how many? How often do you even see him? Because he was Louis all the fucking time. I don't know. Antoinette was a fucking moron. And I was pretty excited when she died. <laughs> she deserved to die because she's a fucking idiot. You're the worst side piece ever. <laughs> um... But just really quickly, episode six, like I was honestly so done with Louis at that point. Like he is a fucking idiot. It's like you the reason y'all like you you kept saying you didn't want to be with him over and over and over again. But the one part that you decide like the one time you take him back was because he had the sheer caudacity to have Antoinette sing a song he wrote for you. And like that was your like turn on like I it just it just it was so despicable and disgusting to me. And if I was Claudia, I would have wanted to leave, too. Like I I don't like if you want to be with him, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit here and watch this fucking toxic ass relationship. It's ridiculous. And I don't want anything to do with it. So that's the feeling I got from her. Like it was just disgusting. And I know he said like the connection you have you know with your I guess your maker or whatever or I don't know the vampire love I don't know what it was because it seems like Lestat was able to kill his maker with absolutely no remorse and he didn't care and I'm with Claudia I don't believe that story he gave us I feel like it was bullshit or maybe a half truth like I don't feel like he told us at all anything and I and I seriously think like I feel like he probably did want to be a vampire maybe he wasn't he didn't have all of the details but Maybe he wanted the power. I don't know. Just his like his backstory about him, you know, wanting to be a priest or whatever just seems like having power was something he wanted. But I was with Claudia. I didn't believe that story anyway. It just didn't. I don't believe I didn't believe it. And it might just be that I think he's a liar and I don't believe anything he says, which is possible. Maybe he's telling the truth, but I didn't believe him at all either. But um, the whole like connection between louis and he was like it's something you can't possibly fathom as a human i i don't know it just it seems like people in toxic relationships all have that connection maybe it's heightened because you're a vampire but that that need that that feeling that people have it's like a like a sick twisted relationship like some people seriously think that you know fighting and be like you know yelling and cursing and slapping each other is is passion And it's not. It's toxicity. It's not normal. Like, you shouldn't have to show that you love someone by them beating the shit out of you and you you almost dying. And Louis literally would have been dead if he wasn't a vampire. And I just I I just can't can't get over that. Like, (laughs) to me, like the even the the need that the plot that they had to kill Lestat, like. That's not normal. You shouldn't love someone and then also want them to die. Like <laughs> that shit's not a normal feeling. And the fact that Louis can't see it is absolutely asinine. I don't know. 
um, the whole like situation just, you know, with the, the murder plot of Lestat. And then like, I just, I just knew that Louis wasn't going to be able to go through it. You know, like I knew the body, he wasn't going to burn the body. And the fact like, like he didn't even like, like cut the body pieces up. Like, okay, you don't want to incinerate him. You don't want to cut up the pieces and bury them in different, you know, bury like grave sites. Like the fact that you wanted to keep his whole body together and throw him in a dumpster. Claudia is not fucking stupid. And the fact that he Louis thought that that was going to be us like, OK, to tell her like like she was going to be dumb enough to fall for that. Like I can see why their relationship broke apart. Um, I'm curious to know you know, what happened to her? It, did she just leave him or did, did she, did she die? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I'm curious. It, at some point I feel like, cause we know Lestat is going to get back, become like, get back to them. Like the, he might not be able to read Louis's mind, but he can read the minds of other vampires and he can probably like, read the minds of people and figure because he's so old he can you know figure it out i don't know if that's where rashid is gonna come in um like he was able to protect louis from the you know lestat i don't know um but i do think it's funny how lestat likes to throw around the love of my life like why is rashid the love of your life because he's older because he was older than lestat i mean when we when we introduced to him in the future uh, he's 514 years old and Lestat in 19, what, 30 something, 1940 something was 180. So Rashid's clearly been alive for a lot longer. Um, I, uh, am very interested in that relationship and how they met because I know one of the things I want to bring up in the last episode when I that I didn't send feedback was like when, when he had that memory like the whole time like I don't know if he if uh Danny I think that's his name Dan yeah Daniel the uh, the uh interviewer I don't know if he was like looking at Rashid trying to see if that memory he had was real or if like he he knew and he was just like he just didn't want to bring it up because when he was like sleeping he had that memory of the past and then he saw that Rashid was there Rashid hadn't aged everybody else aged it's like but we saw him drinking blood from him it's like is he like I know he said you know after years like you know what is the uh mediocre star to a 514 year old vampire does that mean that you know, food has a, like, you're able to taste it, because he, is he eating, like, pineapple and stuff specifically, so Louis can feed off him, like, and, a side note, like, remember in the episode when Louis and Lestat, like, were feeding off each other, how, like, sexually charged that was, the fact that he was feeding off Rashid in the, like, in the middle of the t dinner table, knowing how like sexually charged that is he's so raggedy louis louis really need an ass whooping and i don't i don't understand and i and i'm very curious to know why if if 
this getting this vampire tale coming out is gonna be the death of louis like why is he doing it and why is rashid who is apparently the love of his life allowing him to do it like i just i, I need these answers in season two or you know whatever season to come like it's just i'm just curious to know why he feels the need to finally get this book out um i I also thought it was funny when he was like, you're still a pimp and my price tag is $10 million. <laughs> that was all all funny. Um, I love how, you know, we got the reveal of Rashid being the like a vampire, like he like in the background, like it was blurred and I had to rewind to watch it again. But I, I did see him start levitating. But when you go back while Dan, Daniel and Louis are having that conversation he's like taking his contacts out and he's like floating it was it was dope and I and I did like the way they played that out but the whole time I'm like how is like what is he like what is like was he like giving them like little pieces of his blood to keep him useful I don't know why but Rashid being a vampire never even like crossed my mind like I'm like he must be like I know in Vampire Diaries, they were like, I don't know what it was like. Uh, they had like vampire rings, but they could also like keep like they they would feed like if you gave uh, a human some of your blood in their body, like they like it gave them like I don't know strength or something like that. Maybe it wasn't the Vampire Diaries. Maybe it's something else I was watching. But like they only became a vampire if they died with your the vampire blood in their body. So, like, I didn't know, uh, like, because witches haven't been introduced yet, but, I mean, if vampires exist, why the hell wouldn't vampire like, uh, why wouldn't witches exist? I was like, maybe he's some type of warlock or something? I don't know why, but the, the fact that Rashid was a vampire never even fucking crossed my mind. And they, I'm hoping that they did that intentionally, and I'm just not stupid. Um, I know you read the books, and you kept saying, you know you yeah I, i'm pretty sure i know what i know about him and we'll see if this it is but the, i'm assuming that's what it was that he's a 500 year old vampire which is pretty dope um i'm hoping we get more in the vampire lore with this because i'm very interested um but the last thing i just want to go back to is the whole claudia thing i love my girl she's very smart and she was so <laughs> boss with it like one thing that I had me fucking cackling was when she finally beat Lestat at the chess match, but she didn't finish. Like she just like she checkmated him, but she didn't really checkmate him. And she left him fucking having a tantrum. That shit was hilarious. I was like, she just stay fucking petty. Like she beat him, but she didn't beat him. And she knew that would fucking get him angry and at that moment i knew she was smart enough to fucking beat him i think her you know with the life experience she learned from that other vampire her in that library reading all those books like i think that it matured her in a way like now she's 33 still in a 14 year old person's body but her mannerisms even her like even though she literally looks the same she doesn't act the same she acts like a woman a, an adult woman not a child um and i and i and i absolutely love it i i i'm assuming she's gonna die at some point and that's gonna be sad for me um but i am curious to know um what's gonna happen next so i i just gotta be honest like i'm all in for season two like i'm, I'm all about it 
Um, I don't want to sit here and ramble on for any much longer. I think I've talked enough, so I will end it here. But I am definitely interested in what's going to happen in season two. And I'm I'm definitely a fan. And I think I'm going to go back and start watching those uh, interviews. I know you got to go online, but between the cast, because I'm curious to see what they think and what like what they have to say about, you know, the characters themselves. So. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you once again, Meme, for your feedback. I'm glad we finished this journey together since Sha straight up dropped out. Um, <laughs> she don't know what she was missing, though. Uh, you made a lot of really good points in your feedback as well. Uh, good points about Antoinette in particular. Why would you turn someone when they got crow's feet? But I think that's not like it's not the inner beauty. It's the or the outer beauty that attracts him. I think it's totally the the comfort of her persona is what brings it's a buffer. I understand the distrust with Claudia. I think I addressed that in the episode, so I won't go any further there. Yes, being petty, Claudia they are both brats. I I fully stand by that statement. Claudia certainly has uh, appeal, far more appeal, I think, uh, than Lestat because she doesn't go around, you know, beating those that she does love and care about and supposed to be family. But on the other hand, there there's that dichotomy that exists within her just as much as it does, I think, with all three characters to varying degrees of course <laughs> louis certainly needs to lose his temper with lestat i think i said that in the episode as well i would love to see an actual confrontation not a violent confrontation but one in which louis really gives his feelings about and lestat voices their feelings about things in the past because I, I like i said i don't think that they it's been wrapped up in a bow i don't think it's been confronted i think that this is all simply for whatever purpose and reason, uh, Louis intends to martyr himself and would like his version of these events told in the way in which they should be told. I think Daniel was brought to be a tool to utilize him. And what happened in the past also is what informs this decision. Uh, yes, he is drawn into all the bad things that Lestat uh, is doing even though he knows it's bad he couldn't choose he refused to choose ultimately in the end between Lestat and Claudia yeah he chose to escape because that was the right thing to do but certainly he never intended himself to escape with her and I think part of him is just he's back there with Lestat still hoping for a future that doesn't exist. Mildly interesting on all suppositions, though. I can't really talk about any of that that you were saying. <laughs> uh, when he said Rashid was the love of his life, I was like, sure, Jan. And I don't want to discard what he is saying, but juxtapose against everything that we just Granted, we don't know the second half of the story, the other shoot a drop, where he's been, where he's come from. So certainly uh, in the context of 
the unknown, that could be the love of his life. But I still feel that's very contentious with where he is currently emotionally. And I do mean Louis. And with another vampire that is also far more emotionally mature than you are. I don't know. (laughs) But I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do next season. I don't think it's going to be I can't wait to get to that tea because I don't think it's going to be any simplicity. Uh, And then what is the love of your life? What is that? The love for what reasons and why? Because I think that people say the love of one's life, but I don't honestly think that there's a one person. I think there could be multiple people for differing and varying reasons of why they mean or have such a significance and importance. And you see Daniel's been married twice. Louis is raggedy in the future. Facts. (laughs) I think he has a little, he has gained some of that temper that Lestat had. I think that he knows what Daniel's thinking and there's something to it, but I can't put my foot on it. Uh, Yes, I know who he was. Oh yes. The the Armand reveal. Yes, I knew who he was, but it was still, it wasn't a bad reveal at all. I think they still had me at the edge of my seat because I'm like, well, they could change it up. I mean, <laughs> or they he could be a, another fledgling. He could be actually could have been a, quite a few people. Um, but that was just my most because if anyone, if there was going to be a love triangle in, in the scenario, it was going to be between these three men. And there definitely was a choice there. And I think there's still a choice on that table. But yeah. <laughs> I wasn't stupid. It was hidden, but them gloves. Mm-hmm. Dead giveaway. Dead Charles, giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. You mentioned witches. I am wondering if you did indeed see the trailer for uh the Mayfair witches. I think you may may find that interesting. I don't know. After Charmed, I'm a little. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm just a little torn or torn. And I know most people will be like, Charm wasn't even that good. But still, still, it's my good. It was my show. And uh, getting into another genre of riches, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't really drawn by the trailer, but I'm also not of the opinion that the trailer isn't the be all and end all of things because certainly at least it didn't look to give anything away. (laughs) And that's the sign of a decent trailer. That is where we are going to end it this uh, this season, though. I look forward to hearing any lingering thoughts. I look forward to listening to the podcast, finally, to see what others have thought about this incredible show. I'm definitely getting other people to, to watch it as well. So if you want to follow along to any other shows that I'm doing, once again, that information will be below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black or magic. Yeah!